This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is another Astros podcast. And Bregman drills this one deep to left center field and sends back Monta at the wall looking up. See you later! Off the community leader's signs. Bregman's 20th homer of the year is a two-run shot. Two-nothing Astros. Career high for Bregman now with 20 home runs, and we're not even to the all-star break. The home run derby is on for Bregman. This becomes a very important batter because Jones gets on, then you get the tying run to the plate with Nico Goodrum on deck. Jones is ready. 2-0. And that's lifted out of the right. It sends back Reddick, still going back. A step in front of the wall, makes the catch, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros take game one of the series, defeating the Detroit Tigers by a final of three to nothing. Good pitching, a little clutch hitting. Doesn't hurt to have Alex Bregman on your team. Please be joined now from the Astros dugout by Max Stassi. Got a base hit today and also caught a shutout. And uh, you caught Dallas Keuchel tonight, Max. Six scoreless innings. And, you know, you look at the line, six hits, but the six hits doesn't really tell the story. A lot of, a lot of soft contact. Keuchel seem to be pitching pretty well tonight. Absolutely. You know, Dallas has been, you know, throwing the ball extremely well recently. And, you know, his ability now to, you know, elevate, to work down east-west. I mean, he's got multiple avenues he can go with, with every hitter. You know, he just doesn't – he's not a guy that, you know, you pinhole him into one spot. You can – he can do it all. You know, it was an amazing performance by him. You notice the last couple of games, Max, that you're going to more change-ups with Keiko on the mound. It's got great fade on that one. A lot of swing and miss potential, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's always had that. And, you know, we're just trying to give a good, solid mix. You know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, obviously he's he has a track record, so he knows what he's doing out there and just executing his pitches, and he did an amazing job. Mentioned a lot of soft contact against Keiko. There was some hard contact for you tonight. You're one for three, but all three times hit, hit the ball pretty sharply. Feeling pretty good at the plate right now? Yeah, yeah, I was feeling good. You know, it's a game of adjustments. Made a few adjustments, and, uh, you know, I, I saw some, some good results out of, you know, the process of that. So just continuing to work and, and uh, see where it takes me. Hey, Max, two-parter here. How's your body feeling with the uh, regular playing time like you're getting right now at this point of the season, and what are you going to do for the All-Star break? Uh, my body feels great. You know, you got to fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go home and see some family and, and uh, maybe do a little golfing too. So. Back in Sacramento? Yep, absolutely. All right. Hey, Max, thanks for joining us. Nice job tonight. Thank you. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros pitching coach Brent Strom. And you look at what the Astros have done this year on the pitching side, obviously it's been impressive. And not surprisingly, it's showing up with who's going to the All-Star game. Charlie Morton named to the uh, All-Star team. He's going to be the third Astro starting pitcher on the on the AL All-Star team, along with Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. And when you think about where Charlie Morton has come, just since you've worked with him and since he's been with the Astros, came over last year, had had dealt with a lot of injuries, and not only has he been healthy, but he's been able to thrive since coming over to Houston. I can't tell you how happy I am for him. The team is very happy for Charlie. He's one of the most popular guys in the team. I think the big thing that uh, everybody loses sight of 
when they refer back to Charlie's past and and possibly the the downside of his career, he's he's dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of credit's been given to a, our organization in terms of trying to revamp pitch usage and and the, all the different analytical stuff. But him being healthy has been the number one thing. Uh, the velocity increase, the confidence that comes with it, has has shown forth, and I'm extremely happy for him as I am the other two guys. You mentioned the velocity increase for Charlie Borden. Is that related, obviously, to to being healthy? Yeah, to me it is. I mean, you know, people don't realize that we're dealing with a very taxing uh, body movement type thing and and hamstrings, let's say, or or pulled muscles or groins, things like everything is attached. And it just uh, just affects your mindset and how you feel. And Charlie feels really good about himself right now. you know, just just to see the look on his face uh, when he was told is 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 worth a million dollars. It's it's really great to see. How much do you see these guys in the rotation really kind of feed off of each other? When you know one guy goes out and does well, that just that just fires up the rest of the group. Right now, we've been very fortunate. Knock on wood, we've only had five starters all year. That was last done years ago, I think, where we one team went through the whole season. Hopefully, that can happen again. Uh, you know, they talk a lot. They uh, they compare notes. I'm sure there's an internal competition going on. You think back to the to the uh, Maddox Schmoltz uh, uh, Glavin type of grouping when, especially when uh, when they had their great staffs, and I think it's it's good for them. You know, this competition feeds off itself and, and makes each one better, and they want to outdo each other. Yet they're very good friends uh, on the field and off the field, helping each other too. You mentioned using five starters, even just doing it through the all-star break is almost unheard of in, in this day and age and I know this isn't all your decision obviously there are a lot of things that go into it but we've already seen Lance McCullers get a few extra days between starts uh, a couple of outings ago we saw Morton get an extra day a couple of outings ago do you think we might see more of that as we get into the second half and and try and keep these guys healthy for hopefully what's a long postseason run well, we're coming upon a four-day where we're off, you know, right. uh, outside of maybe the guys that might get to throw in the All-Star game. And then if you look at the schedule as the season goes on, there's more off days sprinkled in as we go. So we'll have to wait and see. I think the McCullers thing, it's no secret. You know, obviously being one of the younger pitchers, uh, giving him a couple extra days helps. I think the Morton thing uh, was done more so to possibly split up some uh, – you know, guys that throw similar, that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. all of them want to make their 32, 33 starts. That's their goal. They want to basically throw, they want to divide 162 into five yeah. uh, by five. And and that's what their goal is. And whether that comes to pass, we'll see. We obviously have to be cognizant of their health, cognizant of their workload, and cognizant, hopefully, uh, as come playoff time, if we're lucky enough to make it. And you're going to be going to Washington, D.C. as part of uh, the staff for the All-Star Game, of course, with manager A.J. Hinch taking the entire staff. What are you most excited about, about the game and about everything surrounding uh, the, the whole All-Star festivities? Well, getting to meet some of these guys that you look at. You know, I, I, I really look at uh, pitchers from both sides and look at what they do. Try and, and I, mean, I marvel at the sales and the Klubers and the and the guys that uh, I'm going to have a chance to talk to and get to meet at least, you know, and uh, and from my vantage point, possibly learn a little bit. If I can pick up a nugget or two from a couple of these guys, then that's going to be a bonus. But it's it's a it's just a, an honor to be uh, asked to go, and I just uh, want to do a good job, make sure we, first of all, I don't want to hurt anybody. AJ and I are very cognizant of each team's needs, and we owe, they, they, we owe it to them to uh, send their pitchers back to them as healthy as when we got them. 
Brent Strom, Astros pitching coach. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully no mound visits for you during the All-Star game. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you want to hear this ridiculous question we got on Twitter, Robert? Sure. The following is a production of Great News. Astros Radio turned my wife into a fan. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. She doesn't really like baseball. Should I keep her? That is crazy. No, don't keep her. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. That's ridiculous. Fielding your baseball questions. Dump her. The opinions of Steve Sparks do not reflect the opinions of the Houston Astros Radio Network. The Houston Astros. Doesn't like baseball. That's silly. Radio Network. My guest today on Astro Launch is Dan Dickerson, the voice, the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers. You've been here a long time and seen some ups. You've seen some downs, Dan. Uh, when I was there, it was a lot of downs, but uh, you guys just a few years later won the world championship. What is it like with Detroit right now in this rebuild mode? Well, I, I think fans are, are certainly getting used to it. Al Avila, after the 98 loss season last year, made it very clear that this is, you know, he doesn't want it to be a, a long rebuild, but, you know, it, it, let's face it, it might be that. So 98 loss season, clearly moves in the offseason designed to, and last year, restock the farm system. No major moves to add big names in the offseason. That's a first in a long time for Tigers fans. I think fans are getting used to it, and, and everybody, I think, is on board. This is, this is what had to happen. Our, the payroll in Detroit shouldn't be $200 million plus right. for that size market. It just shouldn't be. And now it's down to 150. It's going to go below 150. And then, kind of like the Astros, then they'll start adding, I think, at the appropriate moment. I don't think they'll ever get back to 180 to 200, though. So it's, it's an interesting time. Some injuries have hurt this year. No Miguel Cabrera has really hurt a lineup that is extremely short right now. Yeah. There's a lot of good work going on with the coaches, but there's just not a lot of work on the offensive side. Rotation has kept things competitive day to day. But that's about right now the best you can hope for as a Tigers fan, that you'll be competitive day-to-day because the offense right now just isn't there. I want to ask you a little bit about some of the guys that went over the Justin Verlander trade. What are you hearing about the Perez, the Jake Rogers, the Daz Cameron guys, and how they're doing in the minor leagues? Start with Cameron and Perez because Daz Cameron is probably the most exciting position player this organization has had in a long time. He moved up from A ball to double A, immediately started hitting for average, for power, as you know, Florida State League can be tough. The numbers weren't, in, weren't big down there. They're big at AA Erie, nice. and that's exciting. I, I asked one of our roving scouts about him the other day, and he's, his eyes just lit up. And so that's an exciting player who could debut, you would think, sometime in 2019. I wow. think he's still just 21 years old. Yeah. But the, the complete package of skills defensively and offensively. Franklin Perez lit up everybody's eyes in the spring. Big guy, frame, still filling out. Big shoulders. <laughs> Big shoulders yeah. and great stuff. People were raving about him. And then an oblique knocked him out for almost three full months. He's just now getting back to a couple of rehab starts at Gulf Coast League. He'll go to double A. But think about it. He was a double A with you guys last year at 19. Yeah. He would have probably been knocking on the door this year. Yeah. Maybe not a call-up, but he would have been, you would think, at triple A at age 20 at some point this year. So I would think he probably finishes the year at double A. But on the fast track at age 20, given all that we've heard about, easily in an organization full of pitching prospects, the number one pitching prospect in this organization. And Jake Rogers, everybody raved about his catching abilities. More than a few said that's the best catcher in camp right now defensively. Receiving skills off the charts good. Horrible start. I think he had two or three extra base hits his first, I don't know, 160, 170 plate appearances. And then a three-homer game, suddenly he's hitting for average, hitting for power. If he hits enough... That's the big question, right? But he made big improvements last year. If he hits enough, that's the catcher of the future. I don't think there's any question. 
Hey, with Justin Verlander over here, and it's going to be weird tomorrow to watch him <laughs> pitch against your team, but what's your best memory uh, of Verlander in a Tiger uniform? So many, but I, I always go back to, because I'll just look at this the other day because the Oakland A's were in town, yeah. how he lifted his game in the big moments. I, I just love watching this guy pitch. Yeah. But don't you love the great ones rising to the moment? I'm sorry, one of my favorite memories is David Ortiz. Not a favorite memory, but one of the most amazing things I've seen hitting that Grand Slam against the Tigers in the 2013 playoffs because the whole ballpark wants him to do one thing, hit a Grand Slam in a 5-1 game, and he does. I'm sorry, that's a great player rising yeah. to a great moment. Justin Verlander, consecutive years, 2012, 2013, in Oakland, on the road, deciding game five against the A's. And those crowds in Oakland were crazy uh, loud. Yeah, yeah. And one year they'd won two games to force a game five. Tiger blew a lead in one ninth inning and then blew another lead. So in consecutive game fives on the road in Oakland, he goes 16 innings. I think he gave up one run, you know, eight hits dominant and the Tigers won both games but a guy rising to the occasion like that and be, I mean just yeah put it on me go ahead yeah. and rising to the occasion yeah. unbelievable so many great memories including two no hitters but those two games just always stand out in my mind for how he lifted his game and delivered the, uh, each series in consecutive years on the road there you go that's Dan Dickerson voice of the Detroit Tigers thanks for catching up Dan you bet Steve great talking with you